morning, everybody. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Relate Community Church. We are so excited that you're here and happy to be together today. And um, we're also excited that those are joining us online through the power of technology. Can we just give it up for all of our online campus right now? Let them know that we love them. We love you guys. We appreciate that you're there. We, it, so it's easy to feel like you're, that nobody knows that you're there. Nobody is connecting with you. But I promise you, we're praying for you every day. We're believing God to, to show up in your life just like we are to show up right here in this room. So uh, we're thrilled to be together today. I enjoyed the last uh, season of At the Movies, but At the Movies does something where we have to shut off because of cough, cough, copyright rules. We're not allowed to broadcast over Facebook and all of our normal social media outlets. So today we're back on. Today we're back in position. And those who are used to watching on Facebook and picking us up on social media, we are connecting again. And so it's good to be back. Also, if you haven't noticed, it is changing a little bit outside. And we are, we've already made it to the uh, fall holiday season. Some of you guys are saying amen to that. And some of you are saying, no, not yet. Please you can't stop it from happening. We already have pumpkins around my house, and um, I love it. It brings with it lots of, lots of sweets, and I love those cookies and, and uh, pies, and it is a, a very special weekend for us. Actually, it should be one day, and like many of you, it turns from one day into a week into a month. To, the first was my daughter Grace's birthday. Can everybody just say happy birthday? Where's Grace? She's somewhere hiding now. She's covering, shrinking down in her seat. But uh, we love to do birthdays and uh, have a good time. So thank you guys for, for being with us today. And if you hadn't noticed, last month we started up Growth Track again. We had a bunch of people join us and uh, get the ball rolling again, but today Growth Track is back in the building. So if you're interested in being a part of that, you don't have to wait and leave and go to another location. We've got all of the logistics worked out for it to happen right down the hall in Auditorium Number One. And I, I'm going to walk out of this room and walk straight down there and share. Uh, in I always help in Growth Track One. That's my I love to do that. Uh, so we're gonna we'll, it'll just be a, about 45 minutes. We'll sit down. You'll get a little book and some refreshments and. Uh, really, Growth Track 1 just is me sharing with you uh, our story, how we got here, what we're doing here, what Relate is all about, kind of the heart of Relate. What is, why are we here? And uh, it's important to know if, if you're uh, interested in becoming a member of the church or jumping onto the dream team. or if, if you're that person trying to figure it out, Growth Track 1 is a good, a good place to start. Uh, a lot of times we call it the DNA of the church because it really is our story. And, and how the church does what we hope to accomplish, the vision, and uh, I'd lo I love sharing that story. And if you are around us for any length of time, you know that to be true. So this morning, I want to jump right into Not Today, Satan. For the next five weeks, we're going we're gonna to be unpacking this idea. I'm going to get to as much of it as I can today, but um, this is not a message where we just um, kind of collide with the holidays and lead up to Halloween, although it does that. And it's not a message series where my hope is to bring spooky things or to, to uh, scare you or to glorify the devil, because we're going to talk about the devil a little bit. And some of you just got a little bit nervous and tightened up your fists. We, it's okay to talk about the devil because he's already defeated. 
It's okay to discuss spiritual things because we are standing on the authoritative side of the spiritual battle that's happening around you. So uh, we're going we're gonna to unpack that over the next five weeks, starting with today. I want you to do uh, a quick exercise with me, though. I want you to imagine your normal day, like assuming that you, you don't go to church every day, you don't walk into church every day, but for most mornings, even if you wake up in the morning, brush your teeth, take a shower, get your coffee going, maybe you're that one that likes to do a uh, coffee selfie with your Bible even. Maybe you open your Bible and you want to get that perfect verse going. Maybe you open up to Psalms or you, you want to get that refreshing. You want to get the presence of God in your life. All of that is good. Maybe after that, you jump in the car, you go to work, you get on with the normal routine of life, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. How many of those days and how often does it even cross your mind that we have an ancient, immortal, sinister, spiritual being that wants to destroy us and everything that we value? How many times does that cross your mind in the midst of the coffee selfies and Instagram and scrolling through social media and whatever you're watching on Netflix and taking care of the kids and getting the job taken care of and on and on and on and on. Even if, you, if, if a big part of that is your, your church life and your faith walk and, and maybe even you're memorizing scriptures and studying your Bible and praying, but how much of that conversation is there is an ancient, immortal, sinister, spiritual being that wants to destroy me and everything I value. Usually that's the kind of stuff that we just like, I don't like to think about that, Pastor Sean, so I don't. Usually we just, Mm-mm, I don't like those kind of movies. I don't like that kind of conversation. I don't, even, I don't even like Halloween. Maybe you do push away from those kind of conversations, but it doesn't deny that there is a spiritual world. It doesn't deny that there is a spiritual war going on, that there, that there are things happening that we can't see. And so I don't want you to feel uncomfortable. In fact, the purpose of this whole series over the next five weeks is I want you to be so comfortable with it. I want you to be so familiar with not just what's going on, but your place in it, that you can be confident to do the things that God asks us to do. That's what the church should be, confidently, and I'm going to use one word. Everybody say this word, stand. Confidently standing in the place where we're supposed to be. So it would be like going into uh, maybe downtown Houston or you want to go walk, walk on uh, Bourbon Street and maybe go to Cafe Du Monde and it's 10 o'clock at night and you find a parking space and somebody in the group says, hey guys, make sure you don't leave anything in the car uh, that could get stolen. And make sure you watch your wallet and what, hold on to your purse and hold on to your valuables because somebody might try to steal your stuff. It'd be pretty naive if you said, oh, that wouldn't happen. That would never happen. Psh, there's nobody that wants to steal our stuff. <laughs> That's kind of how we are with, with the devil and it's how we are with the spirit world that and if I can't see it, I don't, it's not there. Right? That would be pretty naive. But that's what we do with God. Even though you and I are mostly spiritual beings, you and I, we are a spirit. We have a mind with a will and emotions, and we live in a body. But what happens is we get so focused on the body, we get so focused on the feelings and the emotions and our own will, that we just ignore the spirit 
we ignore the spirit man and the spirit world and everything because that's just too a bridge too far. I'm just not willing to. Because I think what happens as Christians is even though we believe in it, we don't want to be that guy. We don't want to be that one that just over-spiritualizes everything. And so today we're going to look at the devil. We're going to, you could call this lesson, this message, the devil 101 or spiritual warfare 101, but I just want to, I want to start the, the process of looking at what it is and what is our place. So here we go. The devil 101. I'm going to give you a quick rundown. In the Bible, like you look through other sources, you open up other uh, other sources, you can find other named angels. But there are three in the Bible that we would call archangels. That's Gabriel and, and Michael and Lucifer. And so Lucifer was in charge of worship in heaven. In fact, if you if you do a study on on uh, Lucifer, he was beautiful, absolutely perfect and beautiful and. His body was actually like a musical instrument. He could lead worship. He, was, he, would, he could create music and worship God with his body and lead the angels and lead heaven and creation in worship. And he became so full of himself, full of pride, and wanted to, the Bible says that he said to himself, I will elevate myself. I will raise myself to the heights above God that I will take his place. And he he chose to, to be filled with pride. To He wanted, instead of worshiping God and giving the honor and glory to God, he wanted it for himself. And so God, seeing the pride, cast him out of heaven with a third of the angels. And uh, that's where we, those angels, so demons, now we call them demons, but they are fallen angels. And so you might ask, well, how many angels is a third of the angels? We don't know for sure. There, there are places in the Bible that talk about thousands of thousands of angels or a multitude of multitudes. Or at one, uh, one verse says that the angels around the throne of God were innumerable, that you were un- it was unable to count them. So we, I can't say, but the best image of, of the angelic presence or angels and demons, I would put it, is this way, I think. I can't, you, you can imagine them like an army where you have like squadrons and um, categories and probably like generals and different, different levels of leadership, just like you would in an army. And they're going and doing and, and fulfilling their own purposes. And the purposes we're going to get into a, in a minute of those demons led by the devil are to, to counter act the work of God. C.S. Lewis said it this way, and there there are a lot of his writings that give a lot of great insight into the the inner workings of like the mind of the purposes of the devil, which we're not going to go into now, but like the screw tape letters and like all of those things bring bring the images to life of like what is the devil actually doing on a day-to-day basis. I would encourage you to go read those C.S. Lewis said this, that there's no neutral ground in the universe. Every square inch, every split second is claimed by God and counterclaimed by Satan. I imagine that hourglass that we had on stage last week where every grain of sand, every moment that moves through this present time, every one of those moments that we should take advantage of, that we should use our time wisely, that God wants those to be purposed for him and 
Then there's Satan that wants to steal them and use them for his purposes. So even though spiritual warfare, the balance of this war sounds scary. It can, it can be overwhelming. I promise you that if you've read the end of the book, you know that, we, that God wins. And we, if we will stand in the right place, then we win. So, I want to give a quick disclaimer. Sometimes we, we hear a message like this, oh, spiritual warfare, and then we turn our minds toward that, and then everything we see that goes wrong or that we don't like, then it's the devil's fault. Like, I'm on my way to work, and I woke up late, and I didn't do anything on time, so it's my fault that I'm late, and that light that needs to turn green just turned red, and the devil just turned the light green, just turned the light red, and look at that, would you? So we start praying, I bind you, Satan, you can't turn the light red. We, we're tempted to want to blame everything on the devil, right? Or the devil didn't make you eat that extra donut this morning when you walked in the door. Uh-oh. Or how about we, we tend to over-spiritualize things like dreams. Like, ooh, I had such a bad dream. I just tossed and turned all night. It might have been the pizza you had at 11 o'clock last night and not the devil that made you had a bad dream. So sometimes we over-spiritualize and we over-blame the devil, but I think more often than not, we don't blame him enough. More often than not, we don't give him enough credit. We like to ignore him or just uh, deny that he, that he, whether he exists or not. So part of this message is for us to say, okay, I'm paying attention. What do we need to do? So let's start with Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. There are a lot of passages in the Bible, and if we don't, maybe you've done a study like this before, or maybe you're familiar with verses. If I don't get to the one that you think we need to shine light on, there's a good chance over the next five weeks we will. So a final word, Paul writes a letter to the church at Ephesus, and he's giving them an insight into the spiritual world and their job as the church and what they need to be doing. He says, a final word, be strong in the Lord and his mighty power. I wish we could just stop right there. Be strong in the Lord and his mighty power. Put on all of God's armor so that you'll be able to stand firm against all the strategies of the devil. So if we just look right there, of course, he, he says, be strong, in God's mighty power. Put on the God's armor that you'll be able to stand. What is the ultimate goal right there? If we hadn't read the whole chapter, you can go back and read it. But ultimately, this is, he's getting to the point. I want you to do one thing. At the end, when it's all said and done, you need to be able to stand. You got to be able to, he, you, you still want to be there when the battle's over. Like the battle's been fought and won. The devil's already gone. You still need to be standing. So we have to, that's our goal is to stand firm against all the strategies of the devil. And if you've never considered that, that the devil has strategies, if you've never, we talk all the time about God's plan for your life. Have you ever considered that the devil has a plan for your life also? And he'll do whatever it takes to get you to do that plan. For Eve, it was a, it was a simple question. Did God really say that? And then boom, she took the bait and walked right out of God's will, started questioning the, the reasons and the purposes and why are we doing this? And I can be more godly if I eat the fruit. You'll be more like God if you eat the fruit. And all of a sudden, she started questioning. I'm not asking you to not question. What I'm asking you to do is to stand firm. We read on in 
verse 11 and 12, for we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. So right off the bat, we see that there's a contrast between the things we can see and the things we can't see. It's one thing to, to make YouTube videos and, and jump into the rabbit hole and say, well, Pastor Sean, what about the Illuminati? What, what about, the, the, what about the, the shadow government? What about the, like, you guys, I get all y'all's emails. I know what. <laughs> but let me ask you this. There are things that we will never understand. And our job is not to go destroy them. There are evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world against mighty powers in this dark world and against evil spirits in heavenly places. Our job is to stand so that when they come and when they go, that we're doing God's work and we still stand. So I want you to write this down if you're taking notes. Hopefully you got your binder on your way in. There's a spiritual war against you. There's not just a spiritual war going on. The devil wants to claim every soul that God created us and gave us, a, gave us access through Jesus Christ to have eternal life and to have it abundantly, to live that life here. And Satan, on the other side, wants to counteract that and counterattack that and take your soul to live for something different. There is a spiritual war going on, not just around you, about you, not concerning you. No, it's absolutely concerning you. And it is against you. So it's not if you're going to come under attack. You are under attack. So there are a couple of reasons, and I'll give them to you real quick. There's a couple of reasons why you may not. You might be saying, yep, Pastor Sean, I believe. I feel like I've been under attack for this and this and this. And it's not the pizza, and it's not the donuts, and it's not the other thing and the other thing. But there are some spiritual things in your life. And maybe you acknowledge it and realize that, hey, Maybe my marriage is under attack. Maybe the devil wants to destroy my marriage. And I, I have never, I just thought it was over um, who lifts up the toilet seat and who puts it down. I thought we were fighting over all these things when really the devil has been attacking our, our family. Maybe the devil has wanted to steal my children and make their, turn their life to go in a different direction so that they aren't raised in a godly home, that they don't grow up to live the life that God purposed for them. But there's also a couple of reasons why you might not think that you're, that you're under attack. Well, I don't know about all that, Pastor Sean. I'm living a pretty good life. Everybody's having a hard time with the, the virus and the economy, but I'm doing pretty good. Maybe that's you. I, I can manage. Listen, have you ever had a two-year-old? And that two-year-old, you're sitting watching a movie and the two-year-old's in the other room. You haven't heard from him for 10, 15, 20 minutes. <laughs> you know where they're at. You know there's a reason why they haven't been. Do You know there's a reason they stopped saying, Mom, Dad. Because they're doing something they don't want you to see. With Grace, and I'll say Grace more. Jake was, he had his own things he would do. But Grace, if, if she got off... I'm saying this because it's her birthday today, and she's 18. <laughs> if we hadn't heard from her for a little while, she probably had a science experiment going on in the bathroom with every kind of shampoo and conditioner. And 
Big mess. That's kind of like the devil, though, right? If you don't know where he's at, he's doing something. He's got, he has a strategy going on, whether you see it or not. Whether it's actually attacked yet or not, he's setting it up. He's building a trap. Or the other is true that you're not a threat to the devil. You haven't been standing for God, so he don't need to attack you. He already attacked you. You're already distracted. You're already doing something that he wants you to do. And God's work's not getting done. So why would he distract you again? So real quick, I'm going to give you three things that the devil does. More the nature of of our enemy. So number one, our enemy is destructive. He's not out there just doing his own thing. But if you get on his team, then he'll be nice to you. And then... You know, if you'll just do things his way, then you'll be all right. You, you're just on the other team. No, that's not how it works. The thief comes only to kill. The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy you. The balance is not just one, you know, half a dozen one or, you know, it's not, it's not that it's the same thing, just a different team. That's not how it works. The enemy, the devil, wants to destroy you. And if he has to bless you first to get you off of God's will, to get you over into another place, then later you're destroyed. If he has to hurt you or threaten you or make you afraid, he's going to do whatever it takes. Our enemy, number two, is deceptive at his very core. He lies. He's the father of lies. So he'll tell you anything that he wants you to believe. He'll tell you anything you will believe if it gets you off of God's will. And no wonder, for Satan himself masquerades as an angel of light. Number three, our enemy is determined. He's going to continue to come around as long as it takes. If at first he doesn't succeed, he continues over and over. He was a murderer. John 8, 44 says, He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth. For there's no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language. For he is a liar and the father of lies. That's the devil. So again, this is not to glorify the devil. This is to, this is to put the church into a perspective where we know what our job is. So what do you need to do? This is us preparing for a battle. If I said, hey, if somebody wants to fight you right now, you're not going to jump up and say, okay, I'm ready. Although there might be somebody in the room. Most of us are going to say, whoa, whoa, whoa. I got to get ready. I got to prepare. I got to train. I got to get my mind right. Uh, let's do this after school on the yard. Right? We, we're going to prepare ourselves a little bit. There's, a few, there's some stuff we have to put in order if we're going to step into the battle. So here's what those things are for today. Over the next five weeks, not only will we look at uh, the spiritual traps that the devil lays for us, we're going we're gonna, to um, unpack some of those so that we see them coming. We know how to deal with them. We know how to, we know how to respond. We know how to stand. We're going to recognize the, not just the devil, but his strategies. And so today, though, we're going to look at how do we prepare? How do we get ready? Number one, I'm going to give you four things in the next 15 minutes or so. Number one, wake up. Everybody say, wake up. Okay, now slap your neighbor and wake him up. No, don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. Uh-oh, come on. Wake up. So what if I told you 
Imagine this. What if I told you that tonight I've got inside information about your family and there's someone that has a key to your house and they're coming tonight at 2 a.m. And when you go to sleep, they're going to come and they're going to steal everything in your house. They're going to rob you blind and they're going to kidnap everybody in the house. They're going to bind and tie you up and gag you and put a bag on your head and everybody's being taken. What if I told you that? What would you do? Well, probably there may be one in the room that may say, I have a very particular set of skills. <laughs> but that's not probably the case. Probably you're, you're going to, at the very least, if you're me, you're going to wait up for them. All right, let's see. <laughs> You might be the one that wants to introduce them to Smith and Wesson. If you're me, I'm going to take my kids and my family, and they're all leaving, but I'm staying, and I might invite some friends over. We're going to get the police involved. We're going to make some preparations, right? But I'm not going to sleep and just saying, oh, well, I guess we'll see in the morning. That would be pretty dumb. That would be pretty naive. No, we're going to stay awake and we're going to stay focused and we're going to take some action. First Peter 5, 8 says this, stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. He's looking. Every day he's looking. Every night he's looking. He's prowling around like a roaring lion to try and find who can I devour? Who can I destroy? Who's not paying attention? Who, who's not ready for the attack? And can I tell you this? A roaring lion, a lion stalks its prey. A lion hides and waits till just the right time. And you know what? A lion also knows its enemy. He knows where you're going to run. He knows what you're going to do. When a lion stalks a herd, he knows where they're going. And he's already set up a trap. He knows which way they're going to run. He's looking for the weak one. He has a strategy. And that plan works a lot. The devil has a strategy against you and a plan to attack you. So you can be alert and conscious to, okay, I see you, devil. I got you. You're not getting me. I'm going to be standing here when you're gone. If you're awake and ready for it, if you're not, then what happens is we just get taken by surprise, and that's the worst thing. You should have alarm bells going off in your head. Okay, if there's a battle going on, I, I, I'm, I'm here. Let's get it. What is it? I hope, that that is, I hope that's our mindset today. Number two, not only do we need to wake up, we need to size up. What does that mean? That means we need to size up the devil, size up myself. Can I actually win this fight? Can I take on the devil, this, this ancient being who for thousands of years has been attacking and, and destroying and killing and stealing? Can I take on the devil? Because if I take on the devil in the natural, if my natural self says, oh, I got to fight for my, for my kids and my, my family and all the things that I, that I value, then I lose because it's just me. Can I win this fight? So what does it look like to be strong? What does it look like to have strength? And so we brought a little tester today. We're going to look and see. Cayman, come on up. 
We had a little competition before service today. We'd figure out, oh, some, some guys could only do three, four, five, ten. So Cayman said he could do a hundred pull-ups. <laughs> no, he can't do a hundred pull-ups. Probably could, though. <laughs> okay, so we're going to see how many pull-ups you can do. <laughs> All right, here we go. Go for it. Okay. Uh, oh, oh. Don't cheat. <laughs> this morning we had a discussion about whether a pull-up was 90 degrees or you had to come all the way. Oh, oh, oh. He's showing off now. Oh, oh. <laughs> keep going. Keep going. One more. One more. One, one more. One more. <laughs> can, you go, can you do one more? Okay. <laughs> Hold it right there. You got no more? <laughs> okay. <laughs> he doesn't have any more. But here, I think this picture right here, where, where we're hanging on by a thread, where we are living life to the, we've done everything that we can do. I can't do, uh, I can't do this for another day. I can't hang on anymore. I feel like I'm going to fall. I feel like the efforts that I'm putting in, I don't have any more to give. And then we come to church and we say, hey, be strong in the Lord. Hey, be strong. Hey, do another one. He <laughs> can't do it, right? It's, it's almost like saying, hey, stop being so sad. Get rid of that anxiety. You need to do better. Cheer up, man. Don't worry. Be happy. Just do another one. And our problem is that we know we can't do another one, but we keep trying and fighting and crying because we're at our end. And so when we look at the devil and we look at everything the devil has planned for us, I'm done. I can't do it. I can't fight that battle. Do you remember what our verse said in Ephesians verse 6? He says, finally. He says, at the end of all that, he just got finished explaining all the things that the church is supposed to do. Finally, be strong in the Lord and his mighty power. Be strong in the Lord and his, what does that even mean? Let me tell you this, that to be strong in the Lord is not to God, give me strength so I can do another pull up. God, make me stronger. If I could just get God's strength, what, what we actually need, what God wants to do is he wants for you to surrender so that his strength takes over. But if he makes you strong and you keep going, well, I did that. I made it, you know, it was pretty tough actually, but I overcame anxiety and all the fear that I had. I overcame it. He doesn't want that. He, he, he goes before us. He fights our battles for us, but it's his strength. Joshua 1.9 says, this is my command. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. So God comes in. Do not be afraid or discouraged for the Lord. Your God is with you wherever you go. Psalm 73, David says, my health may fail, my spirit may grow weak. In other words, I can't go on. I'm done, I'm failing, but God remains the strength of my heart. Step up on that. There you go. Now look at him. And God steps in, and here goes more pull-ups. Whoop. But who's doing the pull-ups? Who's doing the work? 
Who's overcoming? I hope y'all are getting this. Here we go. We're going down. All right. Y'all give him a hand. Thank you. Listen. God's strength is his strength and we step into his strength. When, it, when, when the scripture says, be strong in the Lord, that our, our secret is that he is our strength. He, we're not just waiting on God, help me go a little bit further. Be strong in the Lord. So being strong in the Lord is not about God giving us strength. It's about, be, him, it's about God becoming our strength. 2 Corinthians 12 verse 9 says this, it gives us this secret, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in your weakness. He's not going to come in and just make you superhuman, now you can do a thousand pull-ups. He's going to go ahead of us and fight the battles, but you have to admit that you're weak. You have to get to the place where you're saying, okay, God, I surrender. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. Write this down. My greatest strength is found at the point of my greatest surrender. You're not going to beat the devil in a fight because you had more energy, because you knew more about the Bible. I got news for you. The devil knows the whole Bible. He can quote it back to you. It's when you surrender and say, I can't do this. I need you, God. I need you in this moment. So our secret is that we invite God into every moment. We invite God to help us to fight the battle. And do the, the, to, to the supernatural battle that we're fighting, you don't have what it takes unless you invite God in to fight for you. Number three, you got to suit up. We're going to go through this one quickly. We read on a little bit more. Be strong in the Lord and his mighty power and put on all of God's armor so that you'll be able to stand safe against all the strategies, all strategies and tricks of Satan. So you got to put on the full armor of God. All, all, 90% of the armor is defensive. We have to stand. You don't have to put the devil in his place and kick his butt to hell. He's already been defeated. You have to stand. You have to not take the bait. You have to not get distracted. You have to not believe the lies. You have to not fall into the trap and stand. That's how you win. And you stand by the strength that God gives us. So God has given us authority, but we have to use it. You have to put it on. I don't have the time today or for the next few weeks. We're not going to go over all the armor of God, but the week after Easter, um, Actually, Easter this, this year, I did a, a series called Playlist, and I talked, we talked about the armor of God that first week. It's called Blinding Lights. You can go back, watch that message, and we talk all about the armor of God. Number four, and I'll close with this, so important, you have to team up. You have to team up. You have to wake up to the spiritual battle that's going on, size, size up the devil, Size up the, the opponent and realize that you can only win this through God's strength. You have to suit up and use what God's given you. He's given us the tools. He's given us everything that we need to be successful. You just got to put it on. And finally, you got to team up. Our instinct so often is to isolate. 
when the problem started, when, I, when the struggle comes, we run away from everybody. Can I tell you this? The first problem in the Bible was not sin. That's Genesis chapter 3. Satan tempts Eve. She takes the fruit. Before that, in Genesis chapter 2, God had to fix a problem that it's not good for man to be alone. Even before we deal with sin, we need to be together. We need each other. We're made for this battle, and we're made to do it together. My last verse, Ecclesiastes 4.12, says a person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. Three are even better, for a triple braided cord is not easily broken. Can you imagine this fight that you're going through where you don't have to stand alone? And when the devil starts attacking and his strategies start working against you, that you're not just panicking, but you're able to stand and you can stand back to back. Or even better, three can stand back to back and he can't break you. I know that standing together is hard. I know that building relationships has its own struggles. We've been hurt by them before. But God created us to serve him, to live in, in his purpose together. So I want us to pray today. And I, my prayer more than anything today is that your eyes would be open to see that there is a spiritual battle going on around you. And as the church, we cannot ignore it anymore. That some of the things that are happening around us have been so violent and so painful, and it's not just the physical. It, there, there, there's a spiritual act behind it. And we, have, we can't fix a, 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 you can't fix a spiritual problem with a physical solution. You, gotta, you have to address it spiritually. And we have every tool we need to do that. We just have to be willing to do it. So today... Will you step up and say, I'm in the fight. I'm ready to go. Let's do it. Let's pray. Dear Lord, today, we will not go any further into this life with our eyes held closed, tightly, not wanting to look at what's around us. God, we believe that there is a spiritual world around us, that, there, that we have an enemy that wants to destroy us by deceiving us, that he is relentlessly attacking and building strategies to trap us and to keep us from your will. But God, I thank you that you stand with us and that you'll give us every, every weapon that we need to defend spiritually, our families, our minds, our hearts, our goals for your kingdom and our futures. God, let this church stand for something more than just celebration. But let us stand also, God, to honor you and to fight the enemy where he needs to be battled and to stand up for right and stand up for justice and stand up for each other. In Jesus' name. Lord, we need your strength. And we stand in surrender today because we cannot fight without you. So we trust you in Jesus' name. Amen. Before we leave, I want to... I wanna, speak to one more group of people and that is the person or persons who you've never acknowledged that there's a spiritual world yeah sure maybe heaven and hell is real maybe 
I promise you it is real. There may be way more going on than we'll ever be able to understand, but I can, I can tell you this is true. The Bible describes the walk that we, that we walk of faith and, and, and the walk of our life, that there is a road that is wide and there are many on it and that road leads to destruction. But there's also a narrow road that's hard to find and it's hard to follow. But that road, it leads to a heavenly place. It leads to a better place. It leads, it leads to salvation. And if we'll choose to take the narrow road, to leave the wide road that everybody's on and take the narrow road, then we can have salvation. We can walk in God's purpose for our life. And all it takes is surrender to God. The Bible says, whoever calls on the name of the Lord, God said through the prophet, whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. So all we have to do is call on him and he will rescue us. He will step into our lives. That's what this prayer is about. So I'd ask that everybody in the room, would you just bow your head and close your eyes right where you are? And if that's you and you, you are ready to surrender your life to him, I'm not going to embarrass you or ask you to stand up. But with nobody looking around, if that's you, would you just raise your hand up and then put it right back down? You're saying, Pastor Sean, I want to take that narrow road. I want to give my life to God. Awesome. Thank you. If you're at home today watching online and you want to say that prayer or you're in this room, would you say these words after me, everybody in the room together? Here we go. Dear God, today I invite you into my life into every circumstance, into every situation, I surrender. I ask you to come into my heart and save me. Fill me with your spirit. Forgive me of my sin and make me whole. And I will live for you the rest of the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen.